0: This is Show Up as a Leader, a show from People Forward Network, helping you maximize your positive impact on the world by becoming your best, fully authentic self. All right, get ready for a communication ride in... This episode, I loved my conversation with Josh Little. He is all about giving the world a better way to communicate. He is a serial entrepreneur and has launched several successful businesses, most recently, an incredible organization called Volley. And the, it's a brand new way to move communication forward through asynchronous video. And I will tell you, as we had this conversation, it got me thinking about where I use Slack and where we do email and where we do text messages and where we do Teams or Zoom and just really above it all, really thinking about how are we communicating and how are we actually staying connected with our teams in a workplace, but also with our social groups, with our community members. And we didn't specifically talk about that, but this whole conversation and everything, involved with it is applicable beyond the workplace as well. And we really got down to this whole notion of continuous leadership through communication and connection. So hopefully you'll take some really awesome nuggets away from it and use some new ways to think about how are you staying meaningfully connected to others. I am so excited to be talking to you and I just want to jump right in and have you talk about the importance of continuous leadership?
1: Yeah, this is something we're discovering with our users, honestly. Patrick uh, Lencioni says, uh, leaders lead in meetings. And uh, while I think that's partially true, I think what he's getting at is leaders lead with in interaction with their team, not when they're uh, in a cave trying to figure something out. And so I definitely think that is is true. And that's what we're, we're kind of finding is possible with Volley and, and what we're seeing our users do, because there's really just two ways we've been able to historically communicate as a team. We can either type or we can talk. And when we type, we're choosing to do something asynchronous, not at the same time, something like email or chat or text. And when we talk, we're choosing to do something synchronous. In order to talk, we have to either get on a Zoom or get in a room. And one of those is is wildly interruptive. When we talk, we have to stop what we're doing, jump on a call and deal with technical difficulties and all of those things. And on the other side, when we choose to type a message, we're choosing to do something we're seven times slower at than than this gift of talking. And inevitably, there is this threshold that we crossed, like when, when the topic is important enough or has enough weight to it, we just know we need to talk. And that's what causes us to schedule a meeting. And this is why leaders are either in back-to-back meetings or slacking their face off all day and um, what we're seeing with volley is a a new way to lead which we've kind of called continuous leadership whether that's the best name for it for it or not but what we're seeing is leaders constantly in the flow of work or leadership constantly syncing up checking in unblocking team members in a way that they've never been able to before you know in the first half an hour of my day i'm i'm in 15 conversations with an engineer, my head of product, our users, customers, and investor. And I'm adding value and meaning in this really dynamic way that would just be impossible for me to do. I couldn't type that fast. And that would have otherwise taken me five back-to-back scheduled meetings. And I just did all of that in a half an hour. So that's the idea of continuous leadership is, is you're constantly adding value, constantly checking in, constantly syncing up with your team and constantly in the flow of work continuously
0: what we always talk to leaders about is your number one job is not to get these tasks off of your desk. Your number one job as a leader is to your team, is to the people within your span of care. And that's going to look different depending on the industry and the organization, but that's your number one job. And so if you're so overloaded that you don't have time for your team. I just had this conversation actually with my team this morning saying, I'm trying different things like, okay, I'm going to schedule office hours where they know that I'm putting buffer time in my calendar. Like it's how do you create space where your team feels like they're your priority and you're checking in with them. And so I love this idea of continuous leadership. It's not, oh, once a week we have a one-on-one or we have a team huddle. It's no, that is my like number one priority. So, With that, I would love for you to then build on that and share more about where did Volley come from and how is it helping to facilitate this idea?
1: The idea of Volley kind of came together from three tidal waves coming together. One, I've been thinking about how to get the right information to the right people at the right time at work for over a decade. So I've thought about this problem a lot. And then technology catches up and allows asynchronous video tools like Snapchat or Marco Polo. and and suddenly you can have a conversation that's outside of space or time that could be ephemeral. And okay, that's really interesting. And now I can listen to you on 2X and oh, I can also take time to think before I respond. I don't have to do the 200 millisecond gap in, in a conversation and have something meaningful to just come back in. This asynchronous video thing gives you a lot of power. And then the third tidal wave was the pandemic. And those came together for me saying, ah, I know what the world needs a better way to communicate. And I can't think of a better way to get traction with this product than in, in the workplace because teams are going remote. They're trying to figure out how to communicate. I've tried to do this with my last three companies and failed every time. We've tried to do the remote work thing. And it's always communication that gets strained immediately. And it's just harder to move things forward, harder to talk. Meetings increase, deep work time and deep works decreases, and and we're like, ah, oh, this is just hard. So All of those things came together at the same time for the solution that is Volley. So what Volley is, is is a video messaging app that allows you to take turns just like any other conversation. You and I have been taking turns. We've taken three or four turns so far. And the only difference is that in Volley, you take your turn by recording a Volley, which could be a video. It also could be a recording of your screen. It could be an audio message of just your voice. It could be a text, a file, a document, a GIF, whatever it is that best communicates your message at the time that you have it. So in Volley, you just say what you want to say and you move on with your day and others can respond on their own time. That might mean in 10 seconds, that might mean in 10 minutes, that might mean tomorrow, whatever the need of the conversation dictates. And we, we generally have this sense for this. So volley just kind of decouples talking with synchronicity, meaning at the same time, and, and gives you the best of both worlds, the flexibility of text-based communication tools like text messaging or email. We, we can do it when we want, we can batch it. But the richness of talking, of face-to-face, and and couples those two. So it's very much a new idea. It's kind of hard to get until you actually do it. And then you start to see the value that, oh, I have all these new superpowers. I can listen to you on 2X. I can skip back, listen to you again. I can take time to think. I can actually do a little bit of research. And it only took me 30 seconds to do that. And now I come up with a fundamentally better response because you know, educational research shows anytime you can give someone even just three seconds to think about the response, they're gonna come up with a, a much better and, and succinct response. So we like to think that we're making not only faster conversations, but better conversations happen because of all of this flexibility that exists.
0: That's so fantastic. And you know, a couple thoughts came to mind when you said that is one, I know when the pandemic hit, one of the CEOs of one of our clients, they are an essential business, they're spread it all over. And he had started doing informal videos just on his smartphone and he would just send out to the company. He would send them out I think weekly and his dog Otis was in the background and whatnot. And people grew to love those because they felt connected. And I think it's because oh, we get to see we the intonation, you know, the body language. And granted they can't respond to it, but there's something to be said for that. And then the other thing that's coming up for me is I even think about I know like even for myself with my team, it's oh, I have something I want to tell them, but rather than email, I just want to have a quick conversation. And so I save it for our weekly huddles. We intentionally use our huddles as connection time. We intentionally use it as two-word check-in. What are you excited about? What are you encouraged by? It's a very full agenda. And it's really meant as that human connection. Well, what just popped in my head is, well, if you had the ability to, hey, have this quick conversation, not via email where you can explain it, then the time that we have reserved to meet can be more meaningful, right? Because it's not having a tangent. And then the third thing that just came up for me is when you talk about, oh, I can think about it and I can process, so often, and I'm an extrovert, but I coach and work with a lot of people who are introverts. And whenever I'm coaching and working with clients who are more introverted, even if they're not, I always talk about, are you creating space for all learning and processing types in the room? You think about diversity, equity, inclusion, well, what about learning styles? So if you're, boom, I need your ideas on the thought versus what if someone needs time to process? And if they're going to bring their best gifts and talents forward, are you creating a space where they can do that versus expecting them to think on the spot and or have a sidebar after the conversation or after the meeting that other people don't get to benefit from? So anyway, just, yeah, lots of synapses are firing from that.
1: I love it. You would think a video-based product that is face-to-face that wouldn't be the thing for introverts. Actually, it's just the opposite what we found. If, I've talked with engineers who are highly introverted who say, "My friends on Snapchat or WhatsApp, they think I'm funny. They think I'm confident, but people at work, they just don't think that about me because I just don't know what to say in a synchronous meeting and the the, the pressure is so high to participate and I can't think Uh, you know, like others, I don't process in that way. And so I just sit quietly in meetings and they think I'm some sort of recluse. And Volley changes that for me. It's not that introverts have nothing to say. It's that introverts care deeply about what they say. And in fact, they have something very valuable to offer. They they just, they're very thoughtful about what they say. In fact, in my past companies, I've, I've been the most introverted person at my company, including all of the engineers, and they're always surprised. I know I present as an extrovert, but I am just deeply introverted. And in a group setting, I am very quiet. Volley is made for people like me. Everyone has an equal opportunity to send a volley to hit the record button. And so volley kind of levels the playing field of communication. We all know what it's like when we sit in a synchronous meeting with this person who just won't shut up. They just can't stop talking. And you're like, they're going to go on and on and answer their own questions. And you, Have to like flip this major switch to get a word in edgewise or like slow them down. And so Volley changes all that because that person you can listen to on 2X, you can skip forward, skip forward. Here's the interesting part. Look at the transcripts, bop in right there. And then you can come in with the answer that saves the day. So it it actually is quite an interesting tool for introverts. It was unexpected for us.
0: Yeah. you know what gets me thinking is I just think about group meetings where a lot of people tend to be more introverted. And and just want to be clear for the people listening, like introversion doesn't mean people are shy. It's about how you process information and then comfort levels in various group sizes. And with that being said, of what you shared, I think about meetings where even if they say, hey, so-and-so, what do you think? Or they're trying to quiet the person who maybe wants to hijack the meeting to create space for everybody it might be that in that moment they don't have something to say because they are processing and i want to say something thoughtful or i need more time and so i think i, I like the opportunity to, right we have to have room for both and like you said the equal opportunity or leveling the playing field are we creating a space where everybody can belong everybody can contribute everyone's ideas thoughts decisions input can be valued at the same level and do we have mechanisms for all
1: Absolutely. The current vehicle for this is called a meeting. And a meeting is a box that's just filled with bad behavior. There's all this stuff that happens in synchronous meetings that we just tolerate and put up with because there's no other way. You mentioned earlier, there's like, there's this box of a huddle and as things come up, it's like, well, this thing is just too big to talk about. It's an idea I've got to explain. I've got to show you something. So that just goes in the huddle. Okay, here's a new agenda item. Here's a new agenda. We fill this box and then we get this box out together and we talk about this box uh, of things that we collect, which may or may not have any relevance to what is happening today. This may be something three days ago that's either blown up in our face or is not even relevant until next month or, or whatever. There's this timing element that that's hard, and then meetings are just these sponges. Isn't it crazy how magically a 30 minute meeting takes about 30 minutes? Are you just that good at figuring out how long it will take to talk about these? No, we are not. We just they're sponges. We fill that time. It's Parkinson's law. The task will fill the time that you give it. So a one hour meeting magically we're wrapping things up at five minutes before the hour, and so volley breaks that convention. Now you can just talk about things when it's relevant to talk about things and you don't have to schedule those things. You can just, like I said, say what you need or want to say and move on. And so we we get to more just in time discussions and conversation. And when you do that more and more, that starts to snowball. And then the things that we call one-on-ones, the things that we call stand-up, the, these rituals that we currently have that we think are just like of course, we're gonna you know schedule a meeting. We're gonna have one on one, but they start to get challenged because now you have a one on one at a company like Volley. It's like, what on earth do we talk about? Well, it's really just, hey, how are you doing? Hey, did how was you know the the show that you went to last night or, or whatever? It's less about work because we're constantly syncing up, checking in, and in the flow of work every day. If I already know what you're working on and why that's the most important thing, I don't know what content I have for a one-on-one other than the relationship piece, which is the important piece. But that also kind of happens asynchronously because we are face to face in multiple touch points throughout the day, which you kind of mentioned with the the CEO and, and the dog, not to like take this in a different direction, But in a communication tool like Volley, you're walking to the car, you're on a lunch walk, you're in a coffee shop. It's really hard not to get that human side and understand the full picture or the full spectrum of, of a person and their life, especially in remote work.
0: I think that's a really good transition because obviously one of the things that I'm passionate about from a workplace standpoint and through this podcast is the importance of being able to be human, right, and honor our humanity and show our human side. And so can you speak a little more about how this different way of communicating, this different way of interacting through Vali is actually helping to bring out more of that humanity in the workplaces that you support?
1: I'll mention a few things that s- might seem subtle, but they're actually huge. So first, we have to embrace video. I don't imagine a future where work is flexible and dynamic and all of the dream that we wish it to be, where we're not a heck of a lot more comfortable with video because the words we speak are only 7% of the picture. 38% of our potential total messages is delivered by tone of voice and another 55% by body language. How I look when I'm saying the words that I'm speaking in the classic example is... We need to talk. Well, if I write that in any text form, you're going to freak out. There's a hundred ways you could take that. But if you see me say, we need to talk and you, you can see my eyebrows, you can see my eyes, you can hear this in my voice. I've got something cool. I'm so excited to talk to you. You're going to want to do that, but otherwise, what should I read that we need to talk? And, you know, it's going to ruin your night, but there's no misunderstanding with video. So that's the first, and Volley is very much a video first communication tool. And again, subtle difference, things like Slack are text first, meaning what does Slack look like? A chat thread of text. You see a text box at the bottom. It's just what you should do. What are you going to get when you come to Slack? You're going to get a text message. You're going to get somebody writing something. Yes, Slack has clips now, but that's an afterthought. It's kind of like video and text. Yeah, I can send you a video and a text message, but I don't. Why? It's just not expected. It's not a video communication tool. It's it's primarily text. Volley's just the opposite. You come into Volley, there's a camera, it's showing you, there's a record button at the bottom. It just feels like you can record a video. Now you can write a, a text Volley and send a text Volley instead, but that's secondary in Volley's interface. So that's the first thing is embracing video and the full spectrum of communication that it has to deliver. Now we're doing that today in this conversation. You can see me, you can see my office, but I'll be honest, that little yellow light right there, that wasn't there before I started doing a lot of Zooms. These leather chairs, yeah, I sit in them, but they do look kind of good. So it's very much staged. Even though Zoom is face-to-face communication and I am home, it's very much in a place. It's very much place and time. My butt is going to be in this seat, in front of this computer. And yes, I've collected the things behind me to curate this life that I'm living. Volley breaks that convention because like i said if you really embrace moving work forward being constantly in the flow of work throughout the day you're, you're going to be making lunch and want to like check in with someone because this thought just occurred and you can but that's okay and, and you're making lunch and maybe you flip the camera on you show you're making protein pancakes why are you making protein pancakes those look gross well actually you know i'm trying to lose weight and this is what i'm doing you're a human What? You have a life? That's your dog? That's your kid? Oh, you drive this car? Oh, interesting. Those things, it seems, don't matter. But when they're taken away, when we went remote and they're taken away, all these little uh, pieces that we started to learn about each other around the water cooler, in the hallway, at lunch, in the parking lot, they summed up to actually be quite a bit. And they were the basis of relationship and trust. And Simon Sinek just said, in one of his videos on remote work, like, hey, this is only working because we had pre-existing relationships. We transitioned to remote work pretty well. But remember, we knew each other. We had trust. And that that's easy to continue in this remote world. But building trust, creating trust, fostering relationships, that's really hard to do with a communication tool like Slack or Zoom, which feels too stiff and in place or just not rich enough. And so those are some of the things. And like I said, they're subtle, but some of the things that tend to bring this multiple touch points in a very human way, face-to-face connection throughout the day that is now flexible. I don't have to have my butt in the seat. We don't have to schedule time in the calendar. We can just talk whenever we need to about whatever we need to.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about something. So I'm going to maybe be a little devil's advocate, a little to Simon Sennett, because I know that. And I I agree that people who had the relationship before easier to go to remote. And I will say that even pre-pandemic, we did a lot of work on zoom. And it was community of paradigm pioneers that we nurture and we come together, whoever can come together live once a month. But where I'm going with this is that, you know, you spend 11 weeks with them in this training, live interaction, having discussion, learning, all that stuff. And for me, I will say, you feel like you get to know them. And some of them I've never met in person, but I trust them wholeheartedly. We've built that relationship over time. So I disagree with Simon. I think you can build a relationship over over a video platform, right? It's if you show up human and authentically versus you show up guarded and staged. It's all about how we show up into an interaction. If I am a person who is showing up guarded, and let's say I'm new to a community or new to a team, like I might sit back and watch the volley interactions and be kind of like, oh, I'm hesitant to put it out there, right? But if I know you and trust you, like we always say that trust and vulnerability are kind of like this dance. And so I'm curious if you find that The volley platform helps people get to build that trust and get to know one another. Or if, like, they've gotten to know each other better, right? Like, like Simon Sinek said, like, whether it was in person or via Teams or Zoom, that then the volley enhances it.
1: Just to be clear, I don't think he's saying it's impossible to develop relationships and trust. It's just a lot harder and we have to be deliberate and thoughtful. And it sounds like you've obviously done that. You just have to recognize that this is something that just happened magically when we were in an office together that we have to now think about and and curate. So I think absolutely, yes. If we just think about a joke, for example, if we're in an office together, I can pop into your office or I can see you in the hall or I can say something funny to you. And it's in transition. It's not taking time out. But in a remote world, okay, am I going to write that joke on Slack? Uh, I don't think so. Or am I going to schedule a Zoom to say that? No, I'm not going to do that. So what am I going to do? I'm just not going to share this humor. I'm not going to share this human element. That's just one example because one is kind of too stiff. The other is not rich enough. I'm not going to trust my comedic timing for those things. So so if there is something in the middle, those things just naturally come out. And I can say something in three or five minutes that has my full context that people will totally not miss that I'm not going to do or take time in, in something that is asynchronous. Unless we deliberately say, this is um, something we're going we're gonna to do. We're going to have Happy hours, or we're gonna for the next thirty minutes, we're just gonna talk about this this book together, or whatever those things, and those things can work, however, they are forced fun, which can work, can also blow up in your face unless you're deliberate at doing those things. So yes, it can happen, but it happens naturally. The thing I want to actually zero in on is what you you started in with, which is the creator consumer dynamic that if I'm not really sure what this team is like or how we engage, there can be some friction. However, Volley can only speed that up because you you get to see the team face-to-face in 20 channels throughout the day and see how we react to things, how someone responds to this, what culturally is acceptable, who is weighing in. Uh, You can kind of see those things very, very quickly in a very visual way. So I I think it can help speed things up. But, you know, jury is is still out. It's a very new communication medium and um, we're figuring out dynamically with our users every day.
0: So speaking of h- human side, what do you see is the most effective way for leaders to show their human side? Because they, they set the tone for the culture, whether it's in a volley environment, an in-person environment, whatever the environment is, they, they set the tone. So what do you think is the most effective way for leaders to show that human side?
1: Well, I, I think just because there's a platform that easily allows that doesn't mean that will naturally happen. So you have to be thoughtful in how you're gonna show up and, and present yourself. But that doesn't mean obsess. And this is some coaching I do with new users and you know, some education that I'll send out and is, is try to help our users realize that, you know, this is a different communication medium. We don't need hellos and goodbyes. Just like you're taking a turn in conversation. You don't say, hey, Rosie, I love what you said, because that would be weird if you said that (laughs) in the middle of a conversation. So there's some new things. So you you just jump in with, that's great. And you know what I was actually thinking and you add on kind of like the improv method. So there's that, but there's also the obsession. Zoom, like I said, I've curated my background here, but Volley. I encourage users to not do that. To not worry about your image. I mean, yes, if 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 it's a bad hair day or you just stepped out of the shower or whatever, send an audio volley. That's why that's there. But use video as much as possible. But don't. If your kid walks through the background, go with it. Sing with them. If something happens, flip the camera around and show us what's going on and what you what you just reacted to. Don't stop recording. So these are things I try to encourage users to do, which then just naturally bring out this human side, like, where are you at? Oh, what kind of coffee is that? Oh, interesting. Those things come out when I'm not sitting in this spot scheduled at this time wearing, you know, what, what I want to present. It's very much a communication tool that kind that of let you drop your guard in a, in a good way, but still allow you to present yourself in, in the best light because I can think about my response. I can do the little research that I need to do to show up how I need to.
0: So speaking of dropping your guard, I want to shift gears a little bit to you as a leader and you as a human being. So one of the things that I have learned in my work with coaching hundreds, maybe even thousands of, of leaders and working with teams is there is a common element of our human DNA, no matter how successful someone's been, no matter what their upbringing was, that we all get in our own way, and tell ourselves stories that keep us safe and small, that are self limiting in some way. And I think the opportunity for us to be comfortable showing our human side to have the impact we want to have is that we have to recognize first that we're telling ourselves a story because sometimes we don't realize it. We just think it's fact. Second, we have to own those stories. And then we have to look at how do we move beyond those when they show up. So I would love to hear from you, What is a self-limiting story that you still tell yourself sometimes? And then when it shows up, how do you move beyond it so you can still show up as a leader?
1: Well, that's interesting. One that somebody just pointed out for me is that I suck at interviews, which is true. If you go look at Forbes or TechCrunch articles or whatever I've been interviewed, they put the most random backwards things that i have saying. And I've probably said many of those things today, but I was uh, on a podcast last week and the host was like, you shouldn't tell yourself that. That's, you know, that's not true. And so that's one that I'm currently in the process of, of now accepting. And, and that's why I'm doing podcasting. I'm trying to get better at interviews. I'm trying to think better on the fly. Volley very much lets me think about my response before I give it. But if I wait more than 200 milliseconds to reply to you, you and the audience are going to think that's awkward. 600 milliseconds is an awkwardly long pause, still less than one second. That's not a lot of time for this brain to come up with an interesting response. So I'm trying to get better of that. But that is self-limiting because I, I do have things to say. I I have studied a lot. I, I have thousands and thousands, well, hundreds of millions of users to, to learn from now that can help me educate the rest of this, this user base. I do have things to say. And, and so that is self-limiting. But the classic Josh example is avoiding conflict. That's classic Josh. I just... Not that I like to throw a tea party, but it, it, I just have to flip a major switch to go mine for conflict. So that's one I've worked on for years.
0: It's probably an ongoing one, right? Uh, I, I know a lot of leaders that that have that. What I appreciate about what you're sharing, Josh, is is whether it is this story that you've told yourself of, oh, I suck at interviews, which I would agree is not true, or it's the, oh, like I avoid conflict because conflict is scary or conflict is bad or whatever the story is around conflict. What I'm hearing is that you're going to put yourself in those situations anyway to challenge that self-limiting thinking of like, hey, is this true? Or I can get better at this. And I think that's something that whatever scares us or whatever limits us, you know, we have an opportunity to go, well, it says who? Or can I, can I find a safe opportunity to maybe poke holes in how true is that story really so that we can move beyond it? So I love that.
1: Well, thank you. It's hard to do though, right?
0: I wouldn't have a job if it was easy to do. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) right.
0: So there we go, right? I want to shift to our quick question segment, if you're game.
1: Yeah, this is um, fair game for Josh sucking in interviews. Here we go. Let's see. Pull a a question out of the sky and see how terrible Josh is at answering them. I'm excited.
0: Wow. Okay. Way to set the intention. (laughs) Way to do it. Okay. Fill in the blank. Living authentically is?
1: Playing with all cards on the table.
0: Even the jokers, right? In the wild cards.
1: Right. Yeah. All, that's, that, they're in the deck. got to show it.
0: When the world is presenting an opening, but you don't feel like showing up as a leader, what do you do?
1: I fall back on, I don't know if these are supposed to be like one word answers, but I, I fall back on one of my core principles that I try to live by is do what you say or say something else. And so I, I fall back on, that because I, as a fault, will do what I say 100% unless it's like impossible. I'll move a mountain to show up at 8 a.m. or whatever I have to do, I will make it happen. So to me, words are promises. And so it depends on what I said in that situation, what I will do. And if I said I'll do it, I will do it. But if I haven't set expectations, I actually may not do it because it may not be the highest and best use of my time that day.
0: Change your words, which is really interesting because that goes along with, well, then change your story. Because if you say I'm going to suck at an interview, you're going to suck at an interview. <laughs> hmm. Heal myself. Oh,
1: dang it. No, I thought that's just setting expectations for the, the you know, 5,000 millisecond gap that I'm about to give after this question.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, here's my free coaching to you. I think you can use your, do what you say or say something else. You could use that to help rewrite your self-limiting story. I'm just saying.
1: Mm, that's good. That's true. That's true. Okay, I'll overwrite. Good.
0: What's something people would be surprised to know about you?
1: I'll share an unpopular opinion. There's no such thing as a side, a side hustle. It's not a thing. I, even though I'm an entrepreneur and volley very much enables side hustles. There's no such thing. You can only do this temporarily. You're robbing from something. Choose what you're robbing from. That's what I've found in, in my life and career. That Pick one thing, go all in, and give it everything you got. One thing that's worth doing and do it really, really well. What's
0: your favorite go-to movie?
1: Oh, uh yeah, Easy, Dan in Real Life is kind of our family movie and we've watched it so many times. We just love that movie, the family, the interactions, working through the hard things together, helping everyone transition to whatever is next in life, owning mistakes. It, there's just a lot of great great stuff in that movie.
0: I don't think I've seen that one. So I'm going to have to add that to my list. Dan in Real Life
1: yeah, Steve Carell is in that one, uh, which well, I just love Steve Carell, but it's just well written. It was shot in only 17 days. Like It's one of those, like, wow, how did they pull that off with such sentiment? It's I think it's an excellent film. What's your go-to song? Human Nature by Michael Jackson. I don't, I don't know what it is about that song. I honestly couldn't even tell you all the words to that song or really what it's about, but it just changes my state. If I hear it on the, on the radio or somebody plays it, or it comes up on a playlist, just like immediately. I don't know why I'm just like, yeah, it's your jam. It's my jam. Well, yeah. let's
0: be honest. I love Michael Jackson's music, but does anyone understand half the words that he says in his song? <laughs> right. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. what's something, and I say something lightly, cause it doesn't have to be a thing, but what's something you can't live without?
1: unfortunately coke zero which i'm trying to change not that actively though honestly what i can't live without is my morning routine which is just a a stack of habits of of exercise and meditation and prayer days that i don't do that i'm half of what i am on the days that i do so i just can't live without that pay yourself first feed yourself first morning routine
0: well, and if we don't tend, we call those our ingredients to be our best. If we don't know what those are for us, and we don't nurture those, that's like the foundation. You don't, you, you don't have a strong foundation to take on the knowns and the unknowns that the world is going to throw at you. So I love that you're clear about what that is, and I love that you're intentional about that. I'm sure it serves everyone around you well. What's something in your ordinary daily life that makes your heart happy?
1: Again, Coke Zero? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> There's a theme. Let, let There's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. You know, I, I say work, I'll just say working from home. It's something I've tried to do so for so long for a decade. And I always thought the dream was possible. And I just, I do just love being here in my home, being able to go down and make a snack or check in with my kids or uh, wh- whatever I need to do and having that flexibility and involve and very much affords me that opportunity because communication isn't hampered. We can certainly do that. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that would have been on the tip of my tongue, but that that's the obvious for me. I love just creating here in, in my cave and doing whatever I need to from this home office.
0: And what are you grateful for right now?
1: Oh, uh, so much. This is something I'm actually working on is practicing gratitude throughout the day. Uh, lately, it's really just been this beautiful earth that we have to live on and all of nature and the beauty that surrounds us. And just, I've kind of marveled recently at just the animals, how many different types of animals, how many different types of fish there are just how, how beautiful this place is that we have to live and how I've only scratched the surface of it exploring it. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful for this, this earth, this planet earth, this rock that we live on.
0: I, I love that. And I just, I, I love that you're so Authentic in who you are. And I love that you're bringing that platform through Volley to workplaces, whether people are remote or not. I'm super excited to see where it goes and and to dig into it. So I want to ask one closing question. If you could challenge leaders everywhere to practice this one behavior that would create more human workplaces and equip everyone to show up as a leader, what would that be?
1: Well, it's self-serving, but there's really only one obvious answer for me right now, which has changed my life, as I just said, and that's just embrace a video-first communication method for your async communication, because there's no such thing as overkill, but there definitely is underkill when it comes to communication. You you can under-communicate in many, many instances, and and by doing that, you can move your asynchronous communication way deeper into the spectrum, which means it can reduce meetings, help you communicate better and help you be better connected to a team, which I think are three valuable things. So that's what I found. And I know it's self-serving because that's a tool that we've built, but that's my biggest aha moment, which has helped me level up as a leader and creator of software products.
0: Well, I love that. We respond to video. Think about on whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's Facebook or whatever platform you're on. If there's a video and it's short, you're probably going to click on it versus reading this. As soon as I see a big, long post, like I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that. And I tune out and I think that happens with email. So I don't disagree with that at all. That I think whether we've combed our hair or not, getting our uh, face out there and our voice out there in a more full way, I I think is great.
1: Absolutely. Well, well put.
0: Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for bringing this to light. Thank you for creating Volley and bringing all your backgrounds together and just everything you're doing to create more human workplaces.
1: You bet. Well, thank you for having me on the show and challenging my limiting beliefs. It was great. Great therapy. So thank you.
0: (laughs) My pleasure.
1: I'm Rosie Ward,
0: and this is Show Up as a Leader. To learn more, head over to peopleforwardnetwork.com. And of course, hit that follow button.